Hi there, I'm JoLynn McCarthy and welcome to Two Question Tuesday. Each week, Two Question Tuesday answers randomly picked questions submitted by our clients. Answering this week's questions, we have with us Phil D'Angelo, Managing Director of Focused Wealth Management, and Mike Pisani, Director of Financial Planning. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, Jolyn. Okay, Phil, the first question is from Diane in Hawaii. In this low interest rate environment, how can I generate yield and safe returns? Wow, that's a great question. That's what we're all looking for, I guess, right? So, um, you know, with interest rates today, you have the 10-year treasury at still uh, below 80 basis points, about 0.77. I'd say if you look across the boards right now, there's ample opportunity for dividend investors. Um, You know, a dividend uh, income portfolio right now, you could generate around 6%. Um, fairly consistently. Um, If you look in the large cap value arena, uh, the stocks that have kind of underperformed the market for quite some time, uh, whether it's it's some of the higher yielding REITs, uh, the utilities, uh, the AT&T, Verizons, et cetera, of the world, uh, you're getting fairly good yield uh, for really not an expensive price. Um, Real estate investment trusts have been slammed uh, since the pandemic. Uh, you're looking at really good yields in those space. Again, very geographic, while certain areas of that market we don't like, other areas are very attractive. Um, so I, I think right now that blending a portfolio, looking at your risk, again, everyone thought that bonds this year, uh, for the past couple of years, uh, would only yield 1% or 2%. Meanwhile, for most of the year, they've outperformed stocks, uh, You know, the Barclays Aggregate Bond I- Index, uh, up close to 7% on the year right now. So I would first think a diversified portfolio. Um, I would add a lot of large cap value holdings uh, that are having good yields right now. I also think that historically, uh, energy is probably very cheap here. uh, And we'll see what what comes around the election time. But uh, there's also great yield in energy and financials, uh, real estate investment trusts, and some of the telecoms, uh, where you can uh, really not pay a high price, take less risk, uh, and, and get some good yield right now. Unfortunately, I wouldn't say go out and, and buy a set duration bond uh, that's going to yield four to five percent because they don't exist. Uh, so anything in the in the large cap value, uh, high dividend arena, but not too high. We want to watch also for companies that are yielding too much and may present what's called a value trap. You know, dividends that are too high, companies can't afford it. They have to sell off their assets uh, to make that that interest payment. So we want to look in that four to six percent range. Uh, with solid balance sheets and a uh, history of, of dividend payouts. So that's it. Thank you, Bill. Okay, next question, Mike. This is from Scott in New Mexico. If one party sweeps the election, how will that impact the market? So we usually err on the side of caution when saying, or, or, or I, I say it all the time, don't make or don't let political biases influence your investment decisions, right? This is something we absolutely do watch a little bit more closely because there is a historical precedent and trend for what has happened to the markets uh, when one particular political party uh, is in control of just about everything. Generally, over the course of time, Markets do like some sort of gridlock. It's basically like a balance of power, right? You don't want any one particular political party 
making all of the decisions. It's actually better when you do have some back and forth uh, amongst uh, the White House versus Congress. So um, looking at the historical data, uh, there's been a clear uh, upside when there has been some uh, type of balance. Uh, the performance of the market is actually substantially better or st substantially better when there is a Democratic president and a divided Congress. Now, obviously, we're not making a call uh, either which way of what we're going to see, but that's definitely something to be aware of. You also have to be um, cognizant of the particular circumstances that are facing the economy and what those particular set of regulatory uh, guidelines are, are potentially going to be under the next few years and what those circumstances are. And, you know, both sides of the party are basically talking infrastructure here. Um, some type of an infrastructure package. You got to be aware that the budget deficit is still already pretty substantial. Um, and you're also looking at a circumstance where there's the potential for taxes to go back and forth under each one, uh, each administration. Now, the, the tax thing is something that could potentially negatively, and any raise in taxes is a little bit of a negative because you could suck some liquidity out of the economy, but if it's offset by spending, um, it, it sort of neutralizes itself a little bit. So just some things to be aware of there. Um, I don't necessarily think it's something that can derail the market, but you do have a clear precedent going all the way back, going back a number of years to what the market does uh, in each political different circumstance. And to me, Mike, it really looks like the markets are kind of shrugging off um, heightened taxes or, or any of the politics right now. It's a pretty unique time for the time we're in, I would say. Yeah, definitely. And one thing that you and I have talked about before, a little bit on the sidelines, where um, what you're seeing in terms of the real estate markets and people relocating, moving out of the major metropolitan cities, um, you usually see the major cities usually vote Democratic. And with a lot of these people moving out of the cities and into the suburbs, there's been a clear migration. And we don't know how that's going to impact the entire electoral map yet, specifically from a congressional standpoint. Could all these people moving out to the suburbs that are traditionally uh, Republican and or red areas, could that move them blue? I don't know. We, I, I think that remains to be seen. It's hard to tell. I, I guess also uh, would be if they made sure that they changed their domicile to vote. You know, oftentimes when people move quickly, I would think that they probably don't do that as quickly or it's an afterthought. Um, but that's a good question. And we'll see. All right, guys. Thank you both for answering this week's questions. If you have a question you'd like to submit, email us at info at focusedwealthmgmt.net. Stay safe and we will see you next week. Thanks a lot, Jill. Thank you. Bye.